sports. They say numbers never lie, but odds are they do. Sam Steinmeier, Brady Archer, and host Andrew Botlinick are about to go against the grain this week as we make our day-to-day picks. All views and opinions expressed in today's show do not reflect KZLX or Northwest Missouri State University. Thank you for tuning in and enjoy the show. Everybody get Welcome back to Day-to-Day Picks. Andrew Botwinick, Sam Steinmeier, Brady Archer on his farewell tour of Day-to-Day Picks. Brady, we've been we've got 30 more minutes left. We've got our What are the Odds segment. you got 30 more minutes left in your Day-to-Day Picks history. It's crazy, man. I don't, it's crazy. It's been a journey. Yeah, we'll go ahead and we'll start with something we kind of already glossed over with the Houston Astros. Pete Rose now. Uh, banned for from the Hall of Fame, from baseball, and all the, all the stuff that he has. But... With all the stuff that's happened with the Houston Astros, he wants to have his ban and, and everything that's been going on with him have it re-looked at. And the question we have posed now is, does he have a legitimate case to have his ban potentially lifted? I think he does, legitimately. Absolutely he does. Because I, I think, you know, it's just my personal opinion, I think Pete Rose should be in the Hall of Fame regardless. I don't, like, I know his betting on baseball, uh, you know, scandal, that is what's gotten him banned. I don't care. He is your all-time leading hits leader. He's He's got the most hits in MLB history. If you have that big of a stat, you deserve to be in the Hall of Fame. And he did so well with the Cincinnati Reds when he was there. And definitely this Astros scandal has you know, shed a light on you know whether Pete Rose should be in the Hall of Fame or not. I know it's got a lot of people talking, and it's got Pete Rose talking now. And... I think the MLB should look at it, and I, um, and I think that, you know, if if they don't, they're kind of, you know, taking. They're just saying, oh yeah, we're just going to take this Astros scandal and not look at any of the past scandals, you know, to compare. I mean, so oh, the way I look at it is, if everything goes down and the MLB looks at everything that the Houston Astros did, and let's say for example, and it hasn't happened, and I'm just throwing out a hypothetical. But they say, Jose Altuve, you got caught using the the buzzer in your bat, the buzzer in your jersey, whatever else. Everything that they say happened did, in fact, happen, theoretically. Um, But we're going to give you a one-year ban. At that point, I think this is the perfect time that Pete Rose has a case because you look at a guy that, Jose Altuve, who didn't bet on baseball, he bet on himself essentially in in the rest of the team and knowing everything and they went to an extreme to to make themselves give it get a competitive advantage meanwhile pete rose just bet on himself i don't he he only bet on and he didn't bet when he was a player he bet when he was a manager and he only bet on his team to win yeah and jose altuve i wouldn't say he bet on himself or his team in the game of baseball i think he cheated the game of baseball by doing this like Yes, they're sign-stealing, but this is just taking it way too extreme. I, I, get, I, get, I guess saying for Jose Altuve's case, it wasn't really betting on yourself. It was betting against the other team. Yeah. Is a better way to say exactly what I was saying, but 
I think if if Jose Altuve only gets a one year suspension or anything less than like hypothetically five years or something something outlandish, because if everything does happen the way it's going to, Jose Altuve, the rest of this Houston organization is going to get a a huge slap. It's not going to be just like a, oh, $100,000 fine and uh, maybe a couple of games, a 60-game suspension or something like that. They're going to get not necessarily the, the equivalent of like Baylor getting the death penalty for all the stuff that they did or SMU getting the death penalty for what they did, but they're going to get something big, and if they don't, that only helps Pete Rose's case. So if Pete Rose has a case, and I think, he, as we said, he does have a case, if the Houston Astros don't get something massive, that only helps Pete Rose because they, he can say, well, they actually cheated and only got this, whereas all I did was bet on the team that I'm managing to win a game that I'm already going in with the mindset that I'm going to win, and I just want to get more compensation from it. I'm not saying that he definitely that that you should be able to do that as a manager because you probably shouldn't. Oh no, he definitely like, he definitely shouldn't have bet on baseball. But still, what the Astros did was way worse. It, it would be different if Pete Rose said, "Well, we're playing the Yankees this weekend, and I bet on the Yankees to win. I'm going to throw the game." It's it's more it's a completely different mindset than that. And if the Astros do get a slap on the wrist, it helps Pete Rose immensely in this situation and i don't think the astros will get that huge i mean they'll get they'll get a pretty a good sized i mean penalty but i don't think they'll get that i don't think jose Altuve will be banned from baseball forever no i agree and, and i think you're right that does help pete rose's case because what he did wasn't cheating it was still illegal but it wasn't cheating so i mean and i don't think honestly anybody in the history of baseball besides pete rose has a ban from baseball the back in nineteen seventeen, nineteen eighteen, the White Sox scandal. Oh, they're, the nineteen nineteen. Yeah, they're up until then the only people who have ever been suspended from baseball that have been suspended from or banned from baseball while they were playing immediately. To as far as I know, and correct me if I am wrong, because I think that's it. Yeah, it was the nineteen nineteen White Sox. Uh, but I think Shoeless Joe Jackson, uh, you know, who was a part of that. He's not in the Hall of Fame anymore because he's, of that. He's, yeah, he's not. He's on the ineligible list with uh, Pete Rose. So, yeah, but that was a huge scandal, like this Astros scandal. Like I, they I, they, I, um, they legitimately threw the nineteen nineteen World Series. Now the Astros doing kind of the opposite, cheating in a way to win the World Series. And yeah, those are th- these two cases: the Houston Astros and the the nineteen nineteen Black Sox scandal. That's those two go hand in hand and. Pete Rose's is just an outlier. Mm-hmm. That's and I completely agree with that. I think he does have a case, but we'll see what the we'll see what the MLB does because they're currently looking to reevaluate it. The MLB has publicly said that they are ready to reevaluate it, which is a step in the right direction for getting Pete Rose into the Hall of Fame. We'll see what does happen with that. We'll definitely be keeping an eye in on that as well, but as we move forward, we'll definitely be keeping tabs. The next part of the What Are the Odds segment that we have is a different question posed. We'll flip gears. We'll go to the NFL or back to the NFL. After two seasons starting for the Kansas City Chiefs, is Patrick Mahomes the best quarterback in Chiefs history? Not the NFL history. We're not going to talk about any other teams, but solely players that have came and played for their tenure with the Chiefs. Because obviously you've got players like Montana who – did their things in, in San Francisco and then comes to the Chiefs on the down part of his season. We're only counting what those quarterbacks did while they were in Kansas City. 
And I mean, I th- I think now you can finally make the case for it. I don't I don't think he's quite there yet because you got like Lynn Dawson who even before the Super Bowl championship he had been to the Super Bowl and you know he he, he was in the league before the Super Bowl era. But he you have to put Patrick Mahomes in the conversation now because of what he has done in the past two seasons and the fact that he is a Super Bowl champion and a Super Bowl MVP. So now you can finally say he's in the conversation, but I, I don't think you can I, – I, to my li- on my list, he would be number two right now. Behind Lynn Dawson? Behind Lynn Dawson, yeah. I, I think that definitely would bring to it – I don't know. I For me personally, I think he has already. I know that the rest of the accolades for yards and stuff haven't happened yet, but they'll get there. Year two win, though, you win an MVP. Obviously, you, do, you only play one game your rookie season. Year two, fully starting. 5,000 yards, 50 touchdowns, you get an MVP. The next season, your numbers go down a little bit because of some injuries as well, but your yards per game are about the same as what they were. Uh, you go into the the MLB – not the MLB. You go into the postseason and you lead the three potentially – I wouldn't say the biggest comebacks in NFL history because 28-3 to three is still a thing, but you lead your teams back from incredible deficits and, and time-wise. We talked about that earlier in the show. I think he legitimately has a shot. He wins the Super Bowl, gets Super Bowl MVP, wins an MVP for the 2018 season. The way statistically it's averaging, if Patrick Mahomes plays the next eight seasons, then I, and granted this isn't going to happen this way, but theoretically if, if he continues what he's been doing the next eight seasons, he's going to win four more MVPs, four more Super Bowls with four more Super Bowl MVPs. Obviously that's not going to happen, and that's a long shot for that to happen, but even if Patrick Mahomes in the next five seasons wins – two more Super Bowls I think he's solidified himself I think right now though Patrick Mahomes if he retired today he would still get his name put into the the ring of honor or whatever they have it in Kansas City where where they put the names up on the top yeah. I think I think if he retired right now came in and said guys I did what I wanted to do I want MVP I want Super Bowl I want a Super Bowl MVP I'm done playing he won't do that but if he did I think he would still get his name up into that ring of honor well, I think the first game first home game would be the Celebration, Ring of Honor celebration. Like, so Patrick Mahomes, you know, in my eyes, I think I'm kind of with Brady, number two. He's really close to Len Dawson, I think, and there's a case to make for it because, I mean, did Len Dawson ever win a regular season MVP? I don't think so. I don't, rem- I don't think so. So he's got that over him. Uh, he's got the 50 and 5,000. It is really close to me right now. I think Len Dawson, just because, you know, his all-time accolades and, you know, he went to the Super Bowl and lost and then went back to the Super Bowl and won. He's been to two. Um, he has that over Pat Mahomes. But, you know, in the next few years, Patrick Mahomes will probably hop Len Dawson. It's just going to take a couple more years. And, Andrew, you're almost convincing me that Pat Mahomes is better because he may, while he doesn't have the longevity stats that Len Dawson had because he hasn't been in the league for that long, mm-hmm. he passed him in – and most touchdown passes in a season, most yards in a season, most all of the stuff in a season, all the stuff in your first season, all that. So I mean, he he does have all he doesn't have like the all time yards, all time touchdowns yet. If he if he gets them, he does have he does have those season stats, and and I think that you have to take that into account too. Not only is he, I mean, he might not be the best right now, but most potential to be the best. I think he passes him. Honestly, with just one more Super Bowl or one more MVP, I think he passed him at that point. I think that could happen in the next year or two. And we talk about all of that. There are some other names you throw in as well. Trent Green, 
Alex Smith potentially. I think at that point he's already passed a lot of these guys. Patrick Mahomes last season, 2018, 5,097 yards as well as 50 touchdowns. The next highest in Chiefs history for a single season, 2004, Trent Green, 4,591 yards. And then uh, for that season, 27 touchdowns for Trent Green, 17 interceptions. You scroll down the list, you've got other names, Bill Kinney, uh, Elvis Gerback, uh, Alex Smith, Trent Green again, Patrick Mahomes this season, even playing a couple less games, uh, still over 100 or 105 rating. The only There's only three guys in Chiefs history that have ended a season with over 100 of passer rating. Patrick Mahomes has done it twice in the two seasons he's played, the only other one being Alex Smith in the 2017 season with 104.7. Patrick Mahomes on that list as well. You have to scroll probably down to about number 20-ish, 25-ish, to get down to Lynn Dawson's numbers in 1967. Obviously, the league was a little bit different back then as well, but uh, 2,651 yards, 24 touchdowns, 17 interceptions. A couple names above him, though, a couple spots above that. Actually, the 1964 season is the first time you see Lynn Dawson at 2,800 yards. But the name above Lynn Dawson, and this is what should solidify it for you, Brady, if, you haven't, if you're not already looking at this list. I think you are by that, by that look I see. Matt Castle, 2009, 2,924 yards, 16 touchdowns, 16 interceptions. So obviously the league was a little bit different back then, but it's just interesting that I think already into the into this league, you look at Patrick Mahomes' numbers in, in terms of comparing him to some of the all-time greats in Chiefs history. Touchdowns as well. The next highest was Lynn Dawson in 1964, just 20 touchdowns behind Patrick Mahomes' numbers. I Personally, Mahomes is probably the best uh, quarterback in Chiefs history and not by a long shot I do respect Lynn Austin and everything that he did and the last guy to win the the Super Bowl for the Chiefs but Patrick Mahomes has already kind of beaten those accolades that that Lynn Austin was the only one that had done up until that point point. and Patrick Mahomes while he doesn't have those all-time stats he already is number nine in Chiefs history in passing yards and already is number five in in passing touchdowns so I mean well, he even if he if he, even if you don't think he's there yet, even if you think he's number two or three or wherever, he you have to say that he's going to be there in two three years. I mean, I, I don't see that. I don't see what for what he's doing right now. You can't say that he'll just. You can't say that he won't be the best quarterback in Chiefs history at some point. Oh yeah, I, I think inevitably yes he will be, but at this point right now is probably the one of the only few times that you will be able to make this argument, and you could see it either way because here in a, probably he's ninth right now, you said, in, in career. Ninth in yards, fifth in touchdowns. Yeah, he'll in, in two, three more years, he'll probably be way further up there, so, and, the, and this conversation will be completely null and void in two years. Yeah, so mm-hmm. he's at he's uh, almost almost 9,500 uh, 9, yards. Lynn is number one right now at uh, over 28,000, 28,507. So, so it could take a couple more years to surpass him in yards. But even if he doesn't surpass him in yards in a couple of years, I still think that I still think that he'll be up there because even if he's number three or number four or two f- after three years of starting or four years of starting, I mean, at that point you have to you have to think that he would still be considered the greatest of all time in Chiefs history. And I don't know if you were talking about touchdowns or not as well, two in there. But as you mentioned, he's number five. Just one more season. He's only 16 touchdowns away from tying Trent Green for second all-time in Chiefs history. So you give him half of the season next year, and I think he might be able to do that as well in those games. Uh, Interceptions-wise, the the ratio in that, Lynn Dawson, 237 touchdowns in Chiefs history, 
178 picks. You look at Patrick Mahomes, who's sitting at fifth right now. Uh, his numbers are incredibly impressive. Oh, I was looking at I was looking at Alex Smith. Cross, yeah. never mind that. He's not 18 away. He's not 16 away. He's he's a little bit more than that. He's at 76 touchdowns, 18 interceptions. But that ratio is still really good to have. He's the only one in Chiefs history to have a, com- a career completion or co- co- career rating of over 100 at 108.9. The next highest is Alex Smith at 94.8. So he, he's Alex Smith was great when he was here in Kansas City, but Patrick Mahomes is at that next level up. I think now more than ever is kind of that argument is prevalent of is Patrick Mahomes the best quarterback in Chiefs history? We had a little bit of a back and forth, but the last thing we'll talk about here and what are the odds are uh, an NBA trend that's starting to happen a lot more in recent years than it has been in previous years. The trend of asking for a trade to a specific team or just asking for a trade in general and getting that granted to you. We saw Anthony Davis try and get that happen to him when he was with the Pelicans. Andre Gudala just a couple days ago, yesterday even, publicly came out and said, I want to be traded, um, trade me away, or I won't play. I'll sit out the rest of the season. So is that a trend that's going to go away, or is it only going to get worse because a lot of these players are going to have that get honored? A lot of these teams, I know, I think Andre Iguodala is a little bit different because he was initially traded to Memphis, didn't want to be there in the first place because he's at the the latter half of his career. He's only got a couple more years left, I would imagine, and he, he wants to kind of do what he wants to do. I think that he probably deserves it, but a lot of these players, Anthony Davis being one of them, at the peak of his game saying, I don't want to play here just because I want to go play somewhere that that can win. I don't want to be the guy that will get this team to win. Yeah, I think we're going to see that still happen, though, cause just because – Teams, they there'll be a there'll be a star player in a small market, and maybe it'll happen to the Pelicans again with Zion Williamson. You know, I could see that happening. You know, I want the, him saying, "I want to go play somewhere else. I want to play in a big market. I want to play in New York. I want to play in L.A." And just because those two markets, and you know, maybe throw Boston in there too, just because those markets are huge, and just because those fran- franchises have so much success. I mean, Boston and L.A. Maybe not so much the Knicks, but uh, still just because of all the allure the big city and the big markets have, you know, team uh, players are still going to ask their teams to be traded. And I that's sad for the NBA, but it's just a reality that we have to accept. You're right. And, and it's not going to end because, I mean, everybody wants to play for the winner. Everybody wants to play in New York or, you know, Miami maybe even. Yeah. Uh, but so it's, it's not going to go away. While it is sad, you kind of just have to accept it because – all the all the players are I mean turning this way. All the players want to be playing in L.A. with LeBron, the, or if and it was just for the Lakers, but it's it's just going to keep the, happening. The players are just kind of becoming more entitled and, and entitled to winning, entitled to like what they want to do, how they want to do it, how much money they want, like what they, you know, and so I mean you kind of saw that with this offseason in Oklahoma City. Uh, Paul George dictated that that Oklahoma City trades him to the Clippers because he wanted to go play with Kawhi Leonard. And so that's what they did. They got a huge haul out of it, and it, it helped their team for the better. So, you know, there's situations like that where it helps, and there's also situations like Anthony Davis where the team isn't um, interested in trading him. So Anthony Davis kind of, you know, reluctantly plays the entire year, probably doesn't play up to his ability, and then becomes a free agent, then immediately signs with the Lakers. So. You know, it can go both ways. Whether the team wants to trade him or not, if the team want if the team wants to trade him, they'll get a good haul back probably for those star players. But if they're stubborn like the Pelicans, you know, 
it could mean the end of the franchise's success. And it's kind of an issue where those that asking for a trade to a specific team or asking to a trade to go away in general is kind of going hand in hand with the issue of super teams. Because you, as you mentioned, Sam, every, and as Brady mentioned too, everybody wants to go play for LeBron. Everybody wants to go play for some of these big name players where you're like, this guy knows how to win. LeBron James has won before. He knows how to win a championship. I want to go play with him. I want to go get, I want to go win a ring. That's my best opportunity to go win a ring. So I want to go do that. So same similar situation with the Warriors a couple of years ago with Kevin Durant. I know, Sam, plug your ears for this one because I'm going to talk about Kevin Durant going to the Warriors. But it's the same similar situation. He can't get a job done here. So he says, okay, well, I'm going to leave that team that's given me everything that I could ever ask for, and I'm going to go here and and just play for scraps just because I know this team is built to to win a championship. And sometimes it works yeah, out I mean, for the organization where, as you mentioned earlier, you get a good haul for some of those big-time players. But other times teams get fleeced because they're because the player is saying that if you don't trade me, I'm going to sit for the rest of the season. And if you don't get me – and that's when you start to see players traded for second-round picks in the future. Or I, there was a couple of years ago where there was a trade for, I think, a 2026 first-round pick. You were trading for like a seventh grader at the time. It was <laughs> like you really don't need to trade that far in advance for someone. And also with the Kevin Durant thing, you know, you could be blindsided out of nowhere. This guy could maybe not tell you he wants to trade, just kind of slight, silently says, okay, I'm not going to stay here anymore. I'm going to leave and doesn't really tell anyone and, you know, ends up leaving. And you were kind of blindsided by it. So there's so many, you know, different scenarios that can go into it and it's not really great for the game of basketball and I think that that's something that's going to continue happening in the the trend of basketball something of that nature where as of like tomorrow obviously it's not going to happen now because the trade deadline was today and it has already passed but theoretically speaking if next season at the the trade deadline all of a sudden Luka Doncic is like yeah I don't want to play for Dallas anymore I want to be traded to like the Celtics because I want to play with Jason Tatum I want to be able to win a ring with him and the Mavericks, at that point, Mark Cuban is looking at that him going, well, I'll try and do what I can, but I don't know if I'm going to be able to trade you. And Luka Doncic could easily say, if you don't trade me, I'm not going to play the rest of the season. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of where the NBA teams have kind of said, well, there's nothing as a team that we can do. I know you're under contract, but there's nothing that we can do to force you to play in those games. Yeah, that's kind of where the Players Association, the the NBA Players Association – and the and the NBA need to kind of get in contact with each other. Kind of like with the NFL too, where like guys will be like still on the rookie deal and want a deal, but you know the you know, the team doesn't want to, and so okay, I'll sit out. You know, we saw that with Melvin Gordon. We almost saw that with Ezekiel Elliott. You know, where they sit out, they sit out training camp. They you know, and until they get a deal done, and sometimes they don't get a deal done, and they sit out games and possibly the entire season. Saw that Le'Veon Bell sat out the entire season because he wanted a new deal. Pittsburgh wasn't willing to do it, and so he left. And so, yes, it's kind of branching out into other sports. This, but it's more, most prevalent in the NBA. And, and and you're right. It's it's kind of the least. I wouldn't say the least going downhill for it, but I mean, it's still not a good thing for this league. It's it's not a it's not a positive thing. I mean, you want to see your best players playing. You you would love to see it all over the NBA, not just in L.A., not just in New York. You want to see it all happening in Oklahoma City or New Orleans or, you know, places like that. So so it's not a good thing for the NBA for sure, but, I mean, you got to think it's going to continue to happen with, I mean, the mindsets of these players coming in 
And I mean, because all these players' mindsets, it's coming from the generations before. I mean, all the players want to be like LeBron or they want to be like, you know, Kevin Durant or whoever. So it'll keep happening, but it's not a positive thing for the NBA. I think one thing to keep it on as well is we talked about this earlier with our NBA segment. Kevin Love publicly said at the beginning of the season, I don't want to play in Cleveland. I want to go play for Portland. Didn't get traded to Portland. Now that that hasn't happened, Kevin Love obviously isn't going to sit out the rest of the season because he has he's he's played the whole season and he hasn't been actively sitting out like almost essentially waiting until he gets traded to Portland. But now that he hasn't been officially traded, I think a lot of it, that's going to do a little bit more to kind of balance it all back out and say, well, if you don't get traded, there's you can still play for the rest of your team because in Kevin Love's situation, if he doesn't play the rest of the season, teams aren't going to want him. And I think it, that's, start, that's going to start to have to be the case in the NBA where if a player sits the rest of the season, they're not going to be worth the amount of money but at the same time for that player, if he's only going to that team to get a ring, the money might not be the only motive behind it. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, we've seen – I was browsing Twitter, and you mentioned Kevin Love, and Kevin Love kind of quote-tweeted something that uh, Andre Drummond did. It was all emojis, but it seemed happy. So Kevin Love, you know, with the deals that the Cavs have done, seems happy in Cleveland right now with the situation he's in. So, you know, maybe – you know, if a player's unhappy, other teams can do deals to get other players and, you know, fix this. Like, hey, you want to be traded. What can we do? Teams can ask, you know, what can we do to keep you here? Is there literally anything? And we'll try it. And, you know, sometimes the players say, yeah, do this. And sometimes the players say, no, I want out. So. so that's kind of the trend that's been going on in the NBA. Before we say goodbye for our, our show here on Day-to-Day Picks, it's the farewell tour for Brady Archer. We're going to say goodbye to Brady Archer, the two-time winner here on Day-to-Day Picks. One in college football, 48-25 and 25 overall record, two games above myself. And then in the NFL as well, beat me out as well in that, 166-99 and 99 to 164-101. Brady, it's been an honor going been. head-to-head against you here at Day-to-Day Picks for our pick-ems. And, and is, you have the last minute all to yourself, so you have your own monologue. If you, if you so wish to use some, because we know at the beginning of the show, you're very humble with your top five Brady <laughs> yeah, picks. Yeah. I'm, I'm super humble, guys, so I'll try to keep it short here. Um, it's, been, it's been a great semester, semester and a half, really, uh, of being here. But I'm sad it's over. Some things got in the way, but you know what? Two wins, one in college football, one in NFL. I can't really complain about my time here. And I got to be with a couple of amazing guys, so it's pretty Aww. great. Yeah, yeah, you guys deserve a little something. So Archer out, baby. Archer, Archer out. out, baby. Archer out. That's going to do it for us here on Day-to-Day Picks. We'll be back next week from 2 to 4.